Well, good morning, good morning, everybody. How we doing this morning? Good, y'all are talking to each other at the moment. All right, find your way back to your seats, if you will. We are glad you are here this morning. Thank you for joining us at Church of the Lakes. If you did not receive your experience guide, if you'd raise your hand, they'll be happy to bring you one. You need a pen. Uh, they're going to do that. And so, uh, but uh, as you guys get back to your seats, I'd, I'd like to take a moment and uh, just do something if we can once they get those passed out. And, um, and I, I just want to say this. Please hear me on this. Uh, there is no political statement but uh, when our president of any background or any party is sick, then the saints should pray. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you this morning? So please don't take that as a political statement. If you're a Trumper, please don't start going off right now. That's not what this is, all right? Uh, but the reality is, 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 is that we need to be faithful and pray for, the, for those who are running our country regardless of what side they're on. Agreed? So can we take, take a moment and pray? Would you pray with me as we pray for President Trump and Melania today? Father God, we come before you. And we ask for healing. Father, we ask that you would take care of our president today and his, his, his beautiful wife. Uh, God, would you give them healing today, whether through doctor's hands or your hands or medicine or whatever you choose today. We're just asking that you would protect him, heal him, and guide him. And uh, Father, we pray in this moment for, for Joe Biden. We pray for those on both sides of the aisles. God, we pray for peace in our country. We pray, God, that in some crazy fashion that only you can do, that you would bring some kind of togetherness um, or even sanity, God, back to the political realm of what we do. So heal our president and heal our country. Heal us, God, for those of us that have gotten a little crazy on our particular side. Heal our hearts. And so we ask for healing all the way, all the way around. We ask it all. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen, amen. Well, welcome. We're so glad you're here. If it's your first time here, let me say welcome. I'm Pastor Mike, and I'm uh, glad that you're here. Sorry if I did not get a chance to greet you out front, but we're glad you're here. Inside the guide, there's a connection card. And in the connection card, there's a place where we would love for you to fill out a little bit of information and mark first-time guests so that we know that you are here. Um, or if you're watching online, you could do that through our e-guide, which is on our website. You can get our phone your phone out, go to cotlakes.com, and there's an e-guide, and there's sermon notes and all that kinds of stuff there, events and those kind of things. Um, let me just say real quick, uh, I finally ran a number, and I'm so mad at myself. I was going to have this, like, dramatic moment, and I left it over at the office, but I was going to pull out, because I had Lizzie put a receipt together of every giving thing that Church of the Lakes has done since we launched, Right, and it was a receipt about this long, and I had it all rolled up, and I was going to go wham, like, and make this whole big thing. But anyway, I forgot it left at the office, so God didn't want me to big, make a big show, I guess. Anyway, bottom line, here's what I want to tell you: we got it. We have a grand total. So in just three three years, was it three years and two months? You have given away locally, regionally, and globally, majority locally, four hundred and three thousand five hundred and eighty nine dollars and twenty seven cents. So. I say that to say thank you so much for your faithfulness and giving. And for those of you, it's your first time here. We don't pass a bucket. There's boxes in the back for you to put your tithes and offerings in as you go. So uh, we'd love for you to do that. But thank you guys for being so faithful to God. And, and uh, it's amazing uh, to see what we're doing. On the back side of that praying for the president, God really put something heavy on my heart. And I ran it past our prayer team and I ran it past the elders this past week. And that is um, uh, for, for about three weeks leading up to the election, so it'll be kind of the last three weeks of this month. Um, I would like for us to be in prayer every day. 
Um, I really would like for us to be in prayer over the election time period. Um, during that time period, there's going to be Supreme Court hearings for the potential nominee to the Supreme Court. And listen to me, listen, listen, again, no political statements here. But God's people, we need to not pray for Republicans, and we need to not pray for Democrats. We need to pray for God's will. Are you hearing me? Right? We're, we're, we're not Trump people or Biden people. We're Jesus people. Come on, somebody. Okay? And, and, and so I really felt it on my heart that, that really that we needed to do that. So I will be doing the 5 a.m. prayer again. Uh, for those that want to join me online, if you want to catch it later on, it'll be just like when we do 21 days of prayer. Uh, but I just really felt heavy on my heart and a burden that we pray for our country through kind of all this turmoil and all this chaos. Um, and, and, and for us to keep our hearts straight. Come on, y'all. Like we, we, we look at the other side, whatever, whatever the other side of the aisle looks like, and we point fingers and all. But, you know, they can point fingers back because we get crazy in our thoughts. And so that we would be Jesus people, right? Blessed are the peacemakers, right? Like the, so so, so uh, I'll, I'll talk to you more about that next week because God just put that on my heart for this week. But I want to remind the men, man camp, okay? All right, never mind, never mind, never mind. Hey, ladies, need you to sign your husband up for man camp. I know how this works, all right? If your mama's here, mom, sign him up. He ain't signed up yet. I know he hadn't, all right? No, but seriously, man camp's coming up November 20th, 21st. It's going to be a great, great time out at the ranch for primitive camping. Get online, check it out. We'd love for you to come um, and join us for, for that. There will be lots of shooting things and throwing axes and burping and all kinds of great stuff, all right? I uh, almost said the other, but I get in trouble to say that by my mother-in-law on the stage. Anyway, uh, and then, of course, today is Life Step 1. So if you have not been through Life Steps, please come join us in Life Steps today. Um, 90% of your questions that you have about Church of the Lakes, here's the answer. You ready? Life Steps. Right? You want to know more about the church? You want to know who we are? You want to understand? You want to spend a little time and get a chance to ask me some questions? Uh, you want to hear uh, your vision, what God's called you to do? 90% of your questions. So if you haven't been to Life Step, come join us today. We'll take about 45 minutes today, right after service, out the doors to the left, down the hallway. You'll see the sign there. Um, and let me say this. Maybe you went to Life Steps with our launch team, which was three years ago. Maybe you should come back through. Because can you say vision leaks? Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Like we forget. So nothing wrong with coming back and kind of like reminding ourselves why we, we do what we do. Well, we're jumping into a new series. I am very, very excited about this. We're going to spend the next six weeks, we're going to study a book. So sometimes I do topical teaching. Sometimes I do book studies. We're going to do a book study. We're going to study the book of Galatians. And um, for those of you who don't know, Martin Luther, who the great reformer over 500 years ago, who pulled away the Protestant church from the Catholic church and reformed because he was reading his, his word. Martin Luther, his, his personal opinion, Galatians is the most important book in the Bible to Martin Luther. Like he, he went on and on. So there's six chapters, six weeks. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you for the next six weeks, at least two or three times a week to read the chapter that we're in. Does that make sense? So today we're starting chapter one. So this week, I want you to take time and two or three times this week, read through the chapters. Not long, won't take you long at all. But, but we're going to really kind of dive in and see what God will tell us. So for those of you who don't know, let me give a little bit of background real quick. Bible split up into two parts, right? Old Testament and New Testament. Old Testament before Jesus came to, to earth. New Testament while Jesus was here and after. Okay, that's a real, real big kind of gross thing. But, but, but that's the two sides of your Bible. If you split it in half, there's an understanding. Galatians is in the New Testament. Galatians is 
What's called an epistle is the term that we use. It just is a big fancy word that means letter. Okay? The Apostle Paul wrote a good majority of the letters, good majority of the New Testament. And he wrote these epistles and he wrote them to churches, just like us. Right? He wrote them to churches. He would go and launch a new church. So just like us, I imagine Galatians, Ephesians, a lot of those were probably churches just like ours, maybe about the same age as us, right? And they started having problems. Imagine that, right? Can you imagine getting a group of people together and having problems? Can't picture that at all, right? And, and so what he did was he began to address the issues of particular ones. And so when you see Galatians, that is a letter written to the people in Galatia. When you see Ephesians, that's a letter written to the people in Ephesus. And then there were other times that Paul would write the letter to the pastor of the church, not the people, like Timothy, right? So, so these are letters. So Galatians is one of these letters written to the church. Galatia, just for your sake, Galatia was right in modern-day Turkey, so if you want to do a little geography and kind of look, you can see uh, modern-day Turkey. And um, the whole thing, it's really, it's about how to stay free once you have received Jesus. How to stay free once you have received Jesus. Kind of interesting concept that we accept Jesus and then we go back into slavery. We're going to talk about why. Let's jump into Galatians 1, 1 through 5. It says this, Paul, an apostle, sent not from men nor by a man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers and sisters with me. To the church in Galatia, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from this present evil age, according to the will of God our Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. And all God's people said, all right, so here's the deal. So this is a really short opening for Paul. Look at the other, look at the other letters. Usually he's got like a, a lengthy opening. He's like, oh, and tell your mama and them I said hello. And like he, he, do, he does this whole thing, right? No, 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 no. Not here. Can I just say this? Paul's ticked. Okay? Paul's ticked. He is not a happy camper. Matter of fact, let's see his very next words. He says this. I am astonished. Imagine, right? Like that's exactly how it comes across. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Turning to a different gospel. Wait a minute, I didn't know there was a different gospel. There's not. There's a false gospel that they call a gospel. We're going to talk about that a whole bunch today. But they're turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. All right? What gospel were they dealing? What were they dealing with? They had come. They had told them that Jesus was the Messiah. They had received Jesus, right? Had prayed the sinner's prayer, probably been baptized, done the whole thing. And now they're getting a different gospel. What's the different gospel they're getting in Galatia? Well, they're arguing about circumcision. How do we talk about this this morning? Right? If you don't know what circumcision is, we'll just say Male private part, snip, snip, we'll leave it there, okay? All right? So they're talking about circumcision. Now, I want you to picture, I think it's Acts chapter 15, where in Jerusalem, they're arguing circumcision in a church meeting. Like, they, they get to, imagine that. Hey, guys, we're going to get together tonight. We're having a special meeting, Church of the Lakes here, 7 p.m. tonight, right? If you are for circumcision, you're going to sit on this side. If you're against circumcision, you're going to sit on that side. Right? All the men are going. Anyway, 
Because because here's the argument. All these Judaizers, they were called, they were Jewish believers, but they were holding on to the Old Testament. They were holding on to the old laws and not taking the grace of Jesus. They were saying, well, if you're really going to be a Christian, you have to be circumcised. That's the only way you can do this. And they started to believe them. Now, I want you to picture what that means because most of these Jewish guys, when did they get circumcised? Let's, let's, call, let's be real about this. When did they get circumcised? On day eight. They were eight years old. Now you want me, a full-grown man, to get circumcised? You've been smoking something. I mean, what they're suggesting is, okay, hey, guys, life steps start today. Just so you know, step three. You know what I'm saying? Life steps becomes a whole all-female class. I'll wait for you in the car, right? Kind of thing going on, right? So they're arguing over circumcision, and the argument is, 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 is that you have to do this to really be fully Christian. That's, 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 that's the argument. So, so it goes on. Look at this. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. Trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. You know the exact same thing that happened in Galatia is happening today? That we take the grace of Jesus... And then we add something to it. But you have to do this. Or you have to do that. And we add our traditions. Right? Wow, that's amazing. That's awesome. At least it's not an alarm. Anybody here on the alarm day? Yeah, anyway. So, so one day we had the alarms go off, fire alarms, the entire time I was teaching. And yeah, so I apologize for that, but it's not alarms. Anyway, but listen, listen. Because the devil would love to distract right now and what we're about to deal with. Just take that as a distraction and look past it. Hear me, hear me, hear me. We do the exact same thing today when we add to the cross of Christ. Are you hearing me? You are saved by grace alone. Come on, somebody. By grace alone. Well, as long as you come to Sunday school. Right? You're, you're saved by grace alone as long as you use the King James Version. You're saved by grace alone as long, come on, when we start adding things to, we do the exact same thing that's going on in Galatia. Did you know? Thank you, Jesus. Did you know? (laughs) He heard me in the back of my head. I was going, please, Jesus. Um, It'll come back. Anyway, it will. Right at the wrong time. Watch. You'll see. Listen, listen, but stay focused today because God wants to deal with every single one of us. Because this is an issue, listen to me, all of us have. Something weird about us that we accept the grace of Jesus and then we go running back to religion. Something in our sinful nature that cannot accept that reality. See, one supposed gospel is called religion. And it's man's effort to get to God. And it comes from the way I grew up. Anybody else grow up with an angry God in your head? Anybody else grow up with, you, you go to that church on Sunday morning and it's like, no, don't, sin, no our movies, don't, see you next week. Like, like uh, some of you guys might remember, there used to be tracks. Do you remember tracks? You know, we're going to date ourselves here. All the young people are like, what? Okay, we had these little things that we handed out called tracks. 
This is pre-digital age, couldn't text, couldn't do all this stuff. So we had these little tracks, and they were little like gospel messages that you would give to somebody to try to help them know who Jesus was and understand all this stuff. And believe it or not, there was a guy named Jack Chick, and it was Chick Tracks were kind of the most famous. One of those pictures, and some of you are about to see it in your head, one of the pictures that they used to picture God, it was God, and he was in this big Abraham Lincoln throne, right? And there was a round here, and there was no face. It was just a round head with light beaming out from it. And the question is, what face do you see? Because most of us did not look at that and see. Right? Most of us looked at that and we saw. Because we had this picture, and it leads us to trying to appease an angry God or perform, or if I just tap dance enough, if I just give enough, if I just serve enough, if I just knew maybe God would have, but the real gospel, listen to me, the real gospel is called relationship. It's called relationship. And it's about our relational response to a God who has already taken care of it all. Do you hear a difference? Big, big difference. Because every one of us is going to have to pay for our sins one way or another. Like every one of us is a sinful being, right? You know this, right? Right? You've been around children lately, right? Come on, when was the last time you were in Walmart and you saw a mom in aisle three and she's laying on her back, kicking her feet and screaming and going, Johnny, you do it just like this. Anybody ever have to teach your kid to pitch a fit? No. Because they have a sinful nature. It's already in them. We have to teach them to conform to the likeness of Christ. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? We're born with a sinful nature, and we're all going to have the opportunity to pay for our sins one way or another. But Jesus dies on the cross and says, I'll pay for them for you. You just live for me. And for some reason, we keep pushing back. We have such a hard time grasping that concept that I don't have to do more. Religion or relationship was the gospel and the false gospel in Galatia. It is the gospel and the false gospel today. It was the gospel and the false gospel back in the Garden of Eden. Let's look back. Genesis 2, 8 and 9 says this. Now the Lord God has planted a garden in the east, in Eden, and there he put the man that he had formed. The Lord God made all kinds of trees to grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I want you, let me read that differently. You ready? The tree of the knowledge of good. Stop. It's the knowledge of good. It's good. Like, shouldn't we do that? It's, it's a good thing. It's the knowledge of good. The problem here is the reality that this is a tree that makes you in charge. You have, you decide good and evil. You have the knowledge. You have, the power becomes your power, right? Genesis two sixteen and 17, and the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of it, you will surely die. So here's Adam and Eve. We all have the pictures in our head. You know the children's books. Eve's got to have long hair so she can cover everything up because it's a children's book. You know what I'm talking about, right? Kind of thing. And they're naked and they're in the garden and they're standing there and Adam is standing there next to her doing what us guys do. Sure, dear, whatever you want. It's exactly what happens, right? Come on, it's exactly what happens in this moment. It, it, the Bible tells us he's not deceived. 
right? And he's standing right there with her. And she reaches for it, and there's nothing. Not a, well, yeah, should we talk about this? Not a nothing, just a... See, Pastor Mike's personal opinion is the first sin was apathy. It was a man standing there, not fulfilling what God had called him to do. And step in, and it's been our problem and our struggle ever since, gentlemen. Because we're more concerned about pleasing her than we are pleasing God. We're more concerned about our comfort than we are anything else. And so here comes the serpent. Here comes Satan in the form of a serpent. And it says this. Now, the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the tree in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it, or you will die. You will die. You will be separated from life. What is life? Life is to fulfill what the Creator has created you to fulfill. And when you step away and you're walking in death, it is because you're not in relationship with the Creator, fulfilling what He has created you to do. Yes, there will be a physical death, but the death separation from Him is way, way, way worse. Now that's some kind of deep theology that you can get into, but I want to break it down just a little bit and give you a couple of different thoughts as we talk about gospel or false gospel. The word gospel means good news. So we can say, good news, fake news. Right? Good news, fake news, right? Gospel, false gospel. We can say relationship or religion. And that's been the issue back in the garden, in Galatia, and for each and every one of us today. How to live in this place and just understand what God really wants. Let me break it down a little bit. First of all, one focuses on what you do. And one focuses on what Jesus has done. One focuses on what you do, and the other focuses on what Jesus has done. So let me ask you this. The last time you read your Bible, did you think about how much you read, or did you think about how much Jesus you found? That's religion. I got, I got five chapters in today. How many did you read? Three. Ooh, sinner. Going to hail. There it is. Told you it was coming. Right as I said hail. For those of you for Sumter County, that's two syllables. Hail, right? Right? How, how many chapters did you read? How much of this did you do? Oh, I pray at 5 a.m. every day. When do you pray? Oh, I don't pray until I get home from work. Ooh, hmm. Turn or burn. Hmm. Right? That's religion. Right? That, that's, that's religion. And we do it. Listen to me. We do it to ourselves and we do it to each other. Because we're focused more on what we do as opposed to what Jesus has already done. Religious people will compare what they do to what you do as some kind of a measure of spirituality. Which is insanity. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying to you? It, like, it, it's total insanity. And so for those of you, listen to me, most of you, most of you, and I'm with you on this. We go to the tree of life 
And then for some reason, we go running back to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Are you hearing me? We go, we go running back to, if I do this, maybe if I do that. Like, it's a broken thought process inside of each one of us that we've got to fix, that we've got to change. It's, it's not about what you do. It's what Jesus has already done. Matter of fact, look at John 5, 39. Check this out. You, you, you study the scripture diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. I read 10 chapters yesterday. I memorized blah, 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 blah. I can say the books of the Bible forward and backwards. These are Jesus' words. Listen. These are the very scriptures that testify about, about me, Jesus says. The, the, the point is me is what Jesus is saying. Are you, are you hearing? Like he, he's, he's saying, I don't want you to just read those and go, check. I, I did my task list today. Oh, I did my quiet time. I'm like 40 days straight of quiet time. I'm so holy. But we do this, honestly, we, we have this kind of thinking. And he says, listen, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. Right? Listen, read your Bible. Memorize scripture. You need it. But the reason to do it is not to appease God. The reason to do it is to find Jesus. Are, are, are you hearing me? That it's about, it's about relationship, that he wants to know you. Another way that we can r- deal with this whole, you know, good news, fake news. One focuses on getting God's approval. One focuses on receiving God's love. Getting God's approval or receiving. Do you know that Gallup did a study of how Americans view God? And they found that it, it varied by region of the United States. Isn't that interesting? Like different regions. What do you think the South, the, the South's view of God? Do you know what it is? Angry. Angry, lightning bolt. I'm going to get you. Take you behind the woodshed. Right? Like they, that's, that's the way that we look, look at God here in the South. It's, it's, um, it's Wizard of Oz God. Remember the Wizard of Oz? I don't know who wrote that, but they were on something. Those flying monkeys, they still kind of jack me up a little bit. Anybody? We represent the lollipop. Yeah, like that's some weird stuff. But anyway, I need a little deliverance. Anyway, here comes Dorothy and she walks up in front of the Wizard of Oz, right? And, and he's like, what do you want? Remember? I just want to go home. Prove yourself. Get me the broom. Right? If you get me the broom, then I'll approve of you. If you get me the broom, then I'll do what you want and give you what you want. And how often are we doing the same thing? What do you want? I just want to go to heaven. Prove yourself. Show up to Sunday school and do this and give and read your Bible and rah. That's not who God is. That's some kind of weird TV show. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? That's, that's not who our God is. It's not about us appro- getting approval. It's about receiving it. I don't know what it is. I guess it is just our sinful nature. I hadn't figured this out. If I do, I'm going to write a book because it'll be a good one. But I don't have a clue right now. But I, what is it that makes us Make it hard for us to receive love. 
Maybe it's because we look in the mirror and we don't like what we see. Maybe it's because of the messages that have been said to us in where we lack or where we think we lack. Are you you hearing what I'm saying? And we have this hard time receiving God's love for us. Romans 5 and 8. You've got to get this in your head this morning. You've got to get this in your head. But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners. Come on, somebody. Listen to me. You don't get yourself cleaned up to come to God. You come to God to get yourself cleaned up. Are you hearing me? You, you can't clean a fish before you catch it. That's silly. And, 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 he, and he says, look, God demonstrated his own love for us. Says, While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That means whatever you did last week, or you've done in your past that you have this shame and regret about and all this kind of stuff, you don't want anybody else to know about. You never told anybody. Man, I mean, if anybody at church knew about this, blah, 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 blah. Listen to me. Jesus was thinking about that while he died on the cross. And gladly dying on the cross for it and for you. That's who God is. God is not... He saw him too, he's laughing. He's going to look at them. And, it, and it's almost like I could see Satan every once in a while going, do you see what they just did? He goes, oh yeah, man, I'm hurting for them. See, I see, see, you know what? God's not disappointed in you. Are you hearing me? God's disappointed for you. Because he's a good, good father. And he knows the potential of your life. And he knows the story that he has for you laid out. And he's going, go, 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 left, left, right. Dang it. And it's not, now prove yourself. It's he grieves for you because he knows what he did have set up for you. And then his scripture says this to us, his mercy is new every morning. How ridiculous is that? Come on, somebody. Come on, any of you that for your whole life, your mercy's just been new every morning for your children. For your spouse. For those people at work. Nobody's like that. Nobody loves you like God loves you. Nobody gets up every day and goes, Woo, let's go. We're going to do this again. Come on. And that's exactly what your God is doing. Like he is, he doesn't get up tomorrow morning on Monday morning. And I don't know why, but I just looked at Kayla, so I'm going to pick on her. He doesn't get up tomorrow morning and go, okay, Kayla. Give this a shot. See what happens. Right? Right? He, 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 doesn't, he doesn't do that. And I think we think he does. I think in some weird way we've gotten it all twisted. That God gets up. Listen to me. His mercies are new every morning. So he's going to get up tomorrow morning. He's going to go, whoa, it's a good day. Get you some coffee. You look tired. Come on, let's go. We got this. I got plans for you today, brother. Come on. Right? He's got this love for us. And we're trotting through the day going, man, I hope God will love me today. And I hope I can be approved of today. And the reason that we have a hard time loving others is because we've never received that love ourselves. You can't give what you don't have. Because we've never received an unconditional love of a God who loves us. First John 4 and 19. We love, why? 
because he first loved us. That's who he is. That's who our God is. Let me give you one more. One focus, just remember we're talking about good news, fake news, gospel, false gospel, relationship, religion. One focuses on external obligation. One focuses on internal desire. One focuses on external, what I do on the outside, right? What, 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 I, may, what, I, what I do and, and, and how that might go, right? Let me show you this verse. Let me say it to you this way. In fact, this is love for God to keep his commands. Stop, 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 stop. How do you read that sentence? Because there's a couple ways you can read that sentence. And here's the question I'm going to ask you. Which side of the comma do you live on? Here's what I mean. In fact, this is love for God to keep his commands. Or listen, 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 listen. This is love for God to keep his commands. Another version says this. If you love me, you will keep my commands. And you can read it. If you love me, you'll keep my commands. Or you can read, if you love me, you will. If you, if you love me, you will. I'll let you guys in on a little secret. I don't wake up every morning going, okay, don't commit adultery today. Don't commit adultery today. Don't commit adultery today. We're going to make it one more day. I don't do that. Thank God, I don't do that. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Why? Why is it that I don't go back and read the Ten Commandments and to read to that part where it says, thou shalt not commit adultery. Okay, God, going to do it one more day. going to make it one more day today. You know why? Because I love Jennifer Matheny. Stop. Stop. Listen to me. I love that woman. And so I don't have to get up in the morning... Are you hearing me? And say, don't do it. I have eyeballs, y'all. Come on. I see things and my eyes go, woo, hey. Because I'm a man. That's what we do, unfortunately. But you know what happens immediately? Listen to me and I'm being serious. Honestly, most of the time, I don't think of God first. I think of Jennifer first. Because I love her. See, it's when you stop loving her that you start looking are you are you catching are you hearing what i'm saying to you the only way for you to follow god's commands is not for you to memorize them all and drudge through life you can't i can't do this and i can't do that god said don't do this and i can't drink or can't do this i'm not supposed to do that i'm I'm, christianity sucks I really think that's the way the majority of Christians in the United States actually live. We don't say it exactly like that, but that really is the attitude. Well, I better go to church. I don't get off of work in the afternoon and leave the church office and go, I better go home. I don't. I mean, there are some days when I know what's about to happen and I'm like, I wish there was something else to do. But listen... I'd be real for a minute, okay? But listen to me. I, I, I want to see my wife. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Because I love her. I want to see my girls because I love them. Are, 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 are you catching what I'm saying to you? Right? 
If you love him, you will. So here's the question, and here's how I'm going to close. Dimitri, come give me a little music as we start to close down. It's about relationship. Are you hearing that? It's not about religion. It's not about appeasing an angry God. It's about relationship. So Pastor Mike, how do we do that? Because I want to live in the tree of life. I want to stop living in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I want to live relationship and not just religion. The real good news and not the fake news that the enemy would love to keep me in. Because how many of you know there are plenty of people who have prayed a prayer and are living a religious lifestyle and they're miserable. say something kind of tough I want to know if you're living in the tree of life you're a critic you are really good at noticing everyone else's problems guess what you can't judge other people if you're living in the tree of life now it stings a little bit for some of us but it's a reality that needs to be said are you, are you hearing what I'm saying to you so how do we do this how do I live in the tree of life? Number one, you got to pursue a love relationship with Jesus. You got to pursue a love relationship with Jesus. Now, I want you to know I changed my words several times on this particular part because I wrestled with something. What you have heard pastors say, and you've heard me say this, so I've said this falsely, and I'm just admitting I was wrong. We'll say something like this Man, you got to fall in love with Jesus. I think that's a bad terminology, and here's why. Because we have this idea of falling in love, and we think teenage, college, fall in love. Are you, are you found, tracking with me? We, we think the tingles. Remember the tingles? I remember the day that I looked at, I had been hanging out with Jennifer Matheny. She's Jennifer Knoll. I'm hanging out with Jennifer Knoll and all her friends. And then that day that I was like, huh, I like this about her and I like that about her and something switched inside of me y'all you know what I'm talking about and I began a pursuit come on now I began to pursue a relationship now we went through the velcro stage everybody remember the velcro stage where you can't not touch each other like you're sitting in church and your knees are just touching each other a little bit you know what I'm talking about like Listen to me, that's all tingles, but those of you who've been married long enough, been in a relationship long enough, no, tingles usually last two to three years. That's what you get on the tingles. And so falling in love really is a lousy term that we use in our culture that we should say falling into infatuation or falling into lust is really what it, what it is. You don't fall into love, it's not a ditch. Here's why I know that. Because the Bible says love never fails. So you were never in love with that person if you're not going with them anymore or you're not married to them anymore because love never fails. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying to you? We need to win back a word called love and put some meaning to it the way it was originally meant and God meant it. And so I say to you, I want you to pursue a love relationship with Jesus. Do you love him? And it, can, and it starts with when I open up the Bible. Am I getting it done? because I'm supposed to? Am I checking off the list because that's the religious thing to do? Or am I opening it up and saying, I'll read until I see you? Do you hear the difference? But listen to me, you have to pursue that. It doesn't happen immediately. You're not going to walk out of here today and be like, oh my gosh, I just love Jesus. I want to read it. You're not going to feel that. Come on. 
Let's, let's be real. You have to pursue it. You have to pursue a love relationship with him. And how do you begin to love someone more and more and more? You learn who they are and what they're all about. Right? Here's what I can promise you. You pursue Jesus and you get to know who he is and what he's all about, you're going to fall in love. He's awesome. He's all, there's nobody like you. There's, there's nobody that loves you like that. Nobody who gets up every morning going, Woo, let's do this. Nobody that has this picture of you with the potential and the ministry ideas and the thoughts he has for you. Man, he's awesome. But you've got to pursue it, right? Let me go back to that verse. Let me go back to that verse. No, go put, put up the one you had, Lizzie. If you love me, keep my commands. If you love me, keep my commands. Or if you love me, you will. Pursue a love. How do you build a love? Well, how did you build your love relationship for those of you who are married? You pursued it. You got to work on it. Come on, is there anybody who will testify that work, marriage is work? Anybody here like, no, marriage is just easy, cake, boom, got it. Boom, boom, boom. Ain't nobody like that. Ain't nobody like that. It's work. What side of the comma are you living on? Right? Are you just trying to keep commands to appease an angry God? Are you pursuing a love relationship? Number two, listen to me. Number two, don't allow condemnation. You've got to deal with this reality in your world because as soon as you walk out of here today, hear me, the enemy's going to start. Are you hearing me? Well, that's probably true for everybody else, but not you. Well, you're not, you're not good enough or you should have done this or... Yeah, yeah, I mean, I I heard what he said, but he doesn't know your past. Listen to me, Jesus knows your past, your present, and he knows your future. You know what what I love about Jesus? It's not that he forgives my past, and not even that he's forgiven my present. I think it's cool, he knows what I'm going to do next month, and still loves me. Come on, somebody. Are you you hearing? Like, I'm going to blow it, Anybody? I'm going to blow it. It's going to be bad. I'm going to be a jerk. Come on, I got a temper. Anybody else got a temper up in here? Y'all are my people. And he knows. I'm going to yell at somebody. I'm going to lose my temper. He knows I'm going to be a lousy dad. I'm going to blow it as a husband. He loves me anyway. And he knows all of that about you. Right? So no condemnation, and it'll start. Look at Romans 8, 1 and 2. Therefore, there is now no condemnation. When you hear those words in your head, you've got to begin to recognize what they are. That is the enemy trying to whisper, listen to me, fake news. Are you hearing me? That's fake news. That's kakapupututi is the way I would say it. That is not who God is or the relationship. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives what? Life, not death. Life has set you free from the law of sin. And then number three, number, number, number one is, is, is just simply, gosh, that we would pursue a love, right? Pursue a love. Number two is no condemnation. And number three, listen to me, you've got to make that choice every day. 
every day. If God's mercies are new every morning, how about you live that out? How about you actually believe that? Tomorrow morning when you get up, come on, and the kids start, and you look in the mirror, and you go, Lord, I think I got seven more wrinkles last night. And things are saggy, and come on, somebody, praying for a glorified body, Lord Jesus. All right, when you, when you go to work, and you hear those same words, and you hear all this condemnation, no, 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 no. I recognize that for what it is. I'm going to make this decision every day, because his mercies are new for me. And so I'm going to walk in his mercies being new for me. That's living in the tree of life. That is living out the gospel, the good news. Are you hearing me? So I'm going to read this verse. And this verse I'm going to use as the invitation today. Some of you have been following Jesus for a long, long time. And here's what I would say to you. You're actually in more danger of being someone who does religion. Because we get set in our ways. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why we have all the different denominations and the styles. Because I like church like this, and it should be like that. And we should wear this, and we shouldn't wear that. And that's religion. That's the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That's fake gospel. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? And so I want to read this verse to you kind of as invitation. Here it is. This day I call heaven and earth as a witness against us. That I have set before you life and death. God's word has set before us today life and death, right? Gospel, false gospel. Good news, fake news. Blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. So I'm going to put that to you today. Would you choose life today? Would you choose the tree of life today? Would you make a decision to, to renew your mind? of who God says you are and who he is. Man, he loves you. That's not just something I say. That really is true. And all that condemnation and all those words that you say to yourself and you allow other people to say to you, it's just not true. It's all fake news. Just fake news. Let me pray for you this morning. Would you close your eyes and bow your heads for just a moment? Father, thank you for your word today that has reminded us of truth (laughs) we repent God from religion trying to earn our way trying to do the things that we think we're supposed to do to, to appease you first of all God we apologize for giving you a bad rap for branding you as an angry God when you're not We recognize today you're a merciful, loving Father who has unbelievable passion for us today. We choose the tree of life. We choose to walk in that today. And there may be somebody here today and you've never chosen to give in your life to Jesus today. And it's just as simple as praying a little something like this. Jesus, today I give you my life. Thank you that you died to pay for my sins for me. I accept you as my Lord and Savior today, and as best as I understand, I'm going to live in the tree of life. I'm going to live for you, knowing how much passion you have for me. Father, thank you for this moment. Holy Spirit, may we give you honor, we give you glory for who you are. Praise you and honor you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people said, Amen. 
Here's what I want to do. That can feel heavy. So I asked Marcus and the team if they would they would reprise Risen that we opened service with. We're going to end service in the same way. And I just want to ask you again, the same question I asked you before we did communion. Why are you worshiping it today? Is it religion? Is it relationship? I raise my hands, not because I think it'll make God happy. I raise my hands because I'm so grateful for who he is. Are you hearing the difference? So would you stand to your feet and let's worship our way out? I'm not going to interrupt them while they're singing. Parents, at whatever point you feel comfortable, you are dismissed to go get your kids. But if you want to stay for a few minutes and do not feel uncomfortable, walking out after a verse or two, whenever you're comfortable. But let's just take a moment, give God some praise, give him some glory. Then go walk out relationship, not religion. Amen? Let's worship.